Blog Talk Radio.
Well, good evening and greetings from the great state of Texas. I'm Pastor Brian Fouts with Hazak Ministries, and good evening to everyone. Well, tonight out here on Reaching Out Radio, we're going to be sharing something special about the future and about what we're doing now. And this is going to be a great time for us to talk about for this year, for it's a year of just reaching out and helping others and learning about one another. And we pray that these tips that we give to you tonight will bring you encouragement uh, with helping you to meet your challenges and your purpose in your journey. And remember, I want you to remember this, that regardless of your age or your position in life, that God has a plan. And guess what? And he's got a purpose just for you. So if you would like to have some of your friends listen to this program this evening, please have them call in, and they can dial this number to listen in. That number is 626-696-8607 to listen in. That number again is 626-696-8607. So greetings from the scenic town of Columbus, Texas, where the town is located on the beautiful Colorado River. If you didn't know, Columbus is the oldest surveyed and plotted Anglo-American town in Texas. And it is on the site of the legendary Indian village of Montezuma. And historians say that members of Stephen F. Austin's old 300 group began arriving in the area way back in 1821. And so with that... Good evening, Sister and Evangelist Montel Fields. I'm Pastor Brian Fouts. And this evening, I am honored to be able to be on the radio with you this evening and excited to be back here on Reaching Out Radio, where we are reaching out to be the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ. Now, for those of you in the listening area, again, we are with Hazak Ministries. And our ministry was started with a vision to bring a message of hope, healing, and encouragement to those who are hurting, lost, or hopeless. Now, for those of you who don't know, the word hazak, it's a Hebrew word, and it actually means to make or to be strong or to strengthen. It means to sustain, and it means to support and to encourage. You know, and our hope is that you, our listeners, will be encouraged with our message this evening. Now, if you've missed any of our previous radio shows, you can always go to Reaching Out Radio at www.blogtalkradio.com. That number again is www.blogtalkradio.com. And all you have to do is just type in Brian and Leah Fouts, and there you can find all of our previous shows and listen to them free on demand. Now, before we get started, let's open up our program with a word of prayer. Father, we just pray for protection for Montel and for the Reaching Out Radio Group. And we pray against any technical difficulties, Father, that may come up and against any demonic powers that are in the airwaves. And we would like to pray for those in the listening audience. And we just pray for open hearts and changed lives this evening. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Now, I would like to kind of remind you that this is a time to press on, and that life is fragile. And I want to tell you to never give up and never surrender. 
Now, I'm proud to share with you this evening that we have a special guest with us, and we're going to be sharing some different things with you this evening. And so with that, I would like to introduce to you tonight Pastor Bill Crenshaw, who's with Rock Ministries. So, Bill, good evening, and tell us about yourself and your ministry. Well, good evening, Pastor Brian. I, uh, first of all, am just uh, just so honored to be invited to share on your show, show to your listeners. Uh, very excited to be with Montel and Reaching Out Radio. And so thank you for, for asking me to come share tonight. I appreciate that very much. Well, it's so, our uh, pleasure to have you. And uh, I've known Bill for a number of years now, and uh, it's really been exciting to get to know him, uh, to get to know his family, and to get to know him and his ministry. Actually, it turns out that we both went to the same church for a while, and I didn't really know Bill. He was kind of in a in a different group of people than, than I was, and I ended up meeting him uh, in Belleville, Texas, for breakfast one morning, and as they say from there, that's the rest of the story. <laughs> yeah, amen. Amen. So, yeah, I'm just thrilled to be here and uh, uh, just to share, like you said, to share hope and encouragement in, in in the world we live in and the lives and because that's what we have. And so, yeah, I'm with the Rock Ministries, uh, and you know that that, uh, that name comes from building your house on the rock, the scripture in Matthew, and that rock is Jesus. As, as we know, and so uh, that's what we do. We, we inspire and encourage people to share their faith and their love, and, and that's what we really do. It started about three years ago, and, uh, and it has just blossomed in areas that, uh, frankly, I didn't expect at all, um, but uh, so... I, I live close to Brian. I'm in Cat Spring, Texas, which uh, uh, everything he said about Columbus is true for Cat Spring. I'm just about 25 miles north of him between uh, Houston and Austin, so I get to, get to hang out with my brother Brian. But, uh, you know, the Rock Ministries was birthed about three years ago, and uh, one of the areas that God opened the door, and I guess I need to really give you some background so uh, to kind of see, uh, let you see how God opened this door. And so one of the areas that we're ministering in is in Uganda, Africa. And, wow. Um, so uh, about in 2015, I was on a trip uh, into Tanzania. I'd been going to Tanzania for many years, leading leading groups to Tanzania. We had an opportunity to go over into the Congo and share the gospel in places that had not heard the gospel before. And this is southeastern Congo. And uh, for years and years, since the early 2000s, there had been civil war going over there, which made it essentially too dangerous to go in. But God opened the door for a small group of us to do that. And so I had gone over and experienced the Congo and uh, met some Congolese people and praise the Lord to God. God moved there mightily. And uh, so when I got back uh, three years ago, God opened the door to actually share the gospel and with Congolese. Um, 
And so I'm over here in Cat Spring, Texas. God opens the door, and he opened the door in Uganda. And uh, he opened the door in Uganda through another man. Um, and we, how he did that was over Facebook because it was just in the, just when you think it can't happen, God opens the door, okay? And that's true wow. for every one of you listening. <laughs> There's a door waiting for you to open in the midst because this was right in the middle of the pandemic. And so we couldn't go anywhere. Everybody knows what that was like. Nobody knew what was going to happen. That's when he opened the door, and he did it. Uh, he did it through connections over the internet while everybody was in lockdown. But he opened a door to start uh, a movement inside a Congolese refugee camp in Uganda. And so, why is there a refugee camp? So there's a Refugee, there's many refugee camps in Uganda because Uganda is one of the most welcoming countries in Africa for refugees. Wow. So in, in Congo, what's been going on for decades and decades is civil war strife, um, atrocities, uh, families, people getting killed, people running for their lives, all of the uh, the horror stories that we have seen on TV, we have read about, uh, not only in the Congo, but in many places, this is what's been happening for decades. So consequently, people and families literally are fleeing to Uganda just for safety, not bringing anything to have. And so they're finding, they're finding a refugee camp in Uganda. And so right now we're ministering in one of those. And it's a big camp. There's, there's 125,000 mostly Congolese refugees in the camp we're working in. And wow, did you say 125,000? 125,000 refugees. Isn't that something? And yeah. And uh, so it's, it's, a very, it's a very big camp. Um, and they come over with, uh, you know, they come over with stories that just break your heart. They come over, most of them come over with nothing but the shirt on their back. Um, they're looking for shelter, looking for food. Um, and then the, you know, the stories that come with them from uh, death of a family, death of children, and the atrocities that happen and just the, just the trauma uh, of Fleeing that kind of situation or enduring that kind of situation. So, um, you know, they're, they're sweet, loving people, but, uh, you know, we've, we've been through these, those things too, and uh, they leave a mark on you. So uh, God opened a door to go over there and actually love on these people, share Christ with them. And also, that you know, there were Christians over there, but... Um, you know, there's you can't you don't have churches per se buildings over there as much because they just don't have the money. Okay, they don't have the money. Right. But, so we went over there to share the love of Jesus. We met with some people and taught them that they don't have to have a building to do church and shared with them not only the love of Christ but hey, in the early church. In the early church, they met in houses, in homes. They didn't have right. buildings either, 
And uh, so it's a very, not a new concept, but it's a very effective concept of how the gospel spread mightily and wide in the early church in the book of Acts. So that's how the Rock Ministries got started over in Chaka. Wow. You know, and to so, think that the uh, Lord will, you know, and to think that the Lord will give us a vision to fulfill his will, and then he'll give us the resources to accomplish that vision, and then it will be confirmed and then consecrated by him. And, you know, no pun intended, but that really rocks. Yeah. I mean, I mean, God opened the door I didn't expect. He, he provided a way. I mean, uh, he provided a way for me to, right in the middle of the pandemic, with all the lockdowns and everything, he provided a way for me to go over there. And uh, so we are, you know, sharing. Uh, we're basically, people, we're inspiring people to share their faith because we're supposed to, we're, we're God's ambassadors. And <clears throat> we're God's ambassadors, each one of us. And so, um you know, when you've been deep down in life um, and you've experienced things that are hard and uh, you feel lost, but if you're, if you are God's child, okay, you have a purpose and you have a mission in this life right now that is purpose just for you. You're supposed, we're supposed to be sharing the love of Christ, sharing uh, Jesus sharing the cross and sharing the kingdom of God and what Christ has done for us for everybody around us, and that is what—that's the greatest purpose we could ever have on this earth. So, just speaking purpose into people's life and speaking, um, you are here for a reason. God loves you. Uh, he knows all the things you've gone through, but that—that—that that, that brings hope. That starts to bring, oh, wow, in the midst of all this stuff, uh, there's hope. There's somebody who knows and somebody who cares. That's right. So, so we, we now have, um, we now have 164 house groups in Chaka 2 meeting. Wow. Um, and they're training, okay? So we don't, they're, they meet in their homes. They meet outside of uh, homes. That wouldn't be quite right how we would describe it. I don't think it's, uh, sometimes it's a mud hut, okay? Um, very rarely is there any concrete floor. Um, uh, so mostly it's outside. There's no air conditioning. There's no heat. There's nothing, anything. This is very rural. Um, about 80% of the Chaka lives below the poverty line of about $1.90 a day, $1.90 a day. So this is very, very poor. So when I say home, it's theirs, but I don't want you to picture, if you're listening to me in the Western world, you don't picture anything around you as far as a home. Very, very basic things, and maybe you've been in an environment like that. But uh, they are loving, loving people, and they are sharing uh, the gospel. 
they're sharing the gospel, they're making disciples, and uh, we are we are working really hard to give them that DNA of uh, being an ambassador for Christ to their neighbor, to the next village, to further out in Congo, Congo to uh, other refugee camps. And so, um, and this is, it's growing actually very quickly right now, and I'm excited about it. But uh, at the same time, when there's growth like this, um, there's, there's many challenges to, uh, to helping them as well. So I'm really excited. I'm getting ready, actually, Brian, to uh, go over to Uganda. I, I leave on the 1st of March. I'll be gone two weeks. And I'm going over there to uh, uh, encourage them and share with the leaders uh, and to share the gospel myself and, uh, uh, you know, to, to preach the kingdom of God to them and share with them what that is. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited about going back because there's so many more leaders I have not met now. And so uh, I just want to love on them and encourage them and, you know, understand what their challenges are and try to help um, in any way I possibly can. Well, that's great. That is great. You know, I was thinking about your, your trip the other day and, you know, how, how the Lord will give you something and, you know, we're supposed to kind of take that vision and, and we're supposed to write it down. And I'm, I'm kind of reminded from Habakkuk uh, in Chapter 2, verses 2 and 3, and uh, I wanted to share this with you. This is actually from the Amplified, so it's a little bit more deep. But it says, And then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and engrave it so plainly upon the tablets that everyone who passes may be able to read it easily and quickly as he hastens by. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, and it hastens to the end fulfillment. It will not deceive or disappoint. Though it tarries, wait earnestly for it, because it will surely come, and it will not be handed on its appointed day. You know, and I just, something like that, it always gets me excited, uh, you know, when people... Or get a vision to to do something to go somewhere, and then it it comes. You know, then then the Lord helps you to make it a reality. And uh, making this trip back to Uganda is going to be a really great great thing, especially not only for you, but it's going to be a great thing for those people in Uganda because there's a great message that's coming and a great blessing. Well, amen, amen. Uh, I. Uh, people ask me, well, how how did you get started in Uganda? Why did you start there? Or, or why did you, you know, well, we're doing some work in India, too. And why did you start there? You're in Cat Spring, Texas, Bill. Why, why, why didn't you start here? And uh, it's a good question. So, so, so good do you question. tell them that you just pulled out a map and closed your eyes and threw a dart on it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I don't quite do that, but I tell them, you know what? Um, I don't get to choose where God wants to start working. There you I go. Get to. Um, God opens the doors when he wants, how he wants, and where he wants. And it's our job when we see God opening the door to go through it. Okay? If he's giving the door open to us, whatever that is, our job is to say, yes, Lord, 
Yes, yes, Lord, I'll go through that because you opened that door. And you're good and you have plans. So I'm going to go through that door. So God, how I, what I tell him is, talk to God about it. He opened the door in the Congolese in Uganda right now. So I say, well, it's not my choice. I'm just going where he told me. So, there you go. Well, you know, when we first, uh, you know, when Lee and I first moved out here to the area in Columbus, you know, as you well know, because you knew us uh, in New Ulm and with our ministry, and we got out here, and I'd asked the Lord, I said, well, what do you want me to do? And he just said, stay the course. And about three months went by, and I went I went and asked the Lord again. I said, all right, look, I did what you told me to do, and I've been staying the course, so what do you have now? And the word that I got back was, Bloom where you're planted. Mm-hmm. And that was just a powerful word, and that's just exactly what we did. We, you know, we ended up here in Columbus, and we just bloom where we've been planted. And, uh, you know, God has just done some amazing things for us here. And sadly, this is where the Lord, where Leah finally ended her life, and the Lord took her home. But we ended up being we we ended up blooming where we were planted, and uh, that's why I'm so excited for you for you getting ready to take your trip to Uganda and to see the Congolese people because, man, God has just really uh, poured out His Spirit on you and has really given you a great great mission and opportunity for this uh, to go back to Africa and to minister to these people. Yeah, just praise the Lord. He's he's done it all, and uh, he's still doing it. Okay, and he's, uh, um, you know, people wonder, well, why isn't it happening here? Well, you know, again, after God's question, it will happen here. God, God, it's just it's just a matter of time. But uh, uh, we see God moving right now in our in our nation amongst the college kids at different universities, and um, it's. It's such a blessing to start to see uh, the spirit moving in power uh, in the way we're starting to see. And I think, I believe this is just the beginning. Uh, and so, uh, it, it, you know, God's no respecter of persons, whether you're in the Congo or whether you're in the U.S. or the Middle East or anywhere else, he knows all about you and, uh, and loves you. But, uh, you know, getting back to Uganda, um, you know, we're spreading so quickly some of, the, some of the challenges. And so we have basic training. I say, you know, I say we don't do as much teaching. We do a lot more training. And uh, I'm going to share with everybody why I say training. And what's the difference between teaching and training? They sound an awful lot alike. So the teaching is, when we teach, when somebody teaches you, it's about knowledge. It's about teaching you um, some knowledge, some information, so that you know, uh, have more knowledge, okay? Training, training is teaching you that and expecting you to put it into practice. There you go. So... You know, what's the use? What's the use of learning to be a mechanic? Okay, and you go to mechanic school and you learn to operate on engines and trucks and machinery and, and you get the degree and 
all right, I did, but you never actually do it. You never work on trucks and those things. What's the use in having that knowledge, right? There you go. I mean, it doesn't figure. You know, you, your father could teach you how to farm, okay, and, and teach you how to drive the tractor and plant seeds and when to harvest and um, all these other things. But if you don't put it into practice, you're not going to get any crops. There will be no harvest. There you so go. So that's why we, we emphasize, and I think, I think that's an area, certainly, we emphasize training. Okay, and, and so we pour ourselves, we teach to everybody we can, okay, and uh, then those that are willing to put it into practice, those are the ones we start to really pour into because those are, it doesn't matter. You can have all the Bible knowledge in the world. You can memorize books. You can quote scripture like that, but if you're not putting it into practice, it's not doing you much good. Good point. So we emphasize, okay, um, it's not about knowledge. It's not about, it's really not about knowledge. It's really more about putting into practice and being obedient. Um, and so we emphasize this over there. And, and what the story I bring up to kind of emphasize it that we have in the Bible is when Jesus sent out his disciples, Okay. I had a good friend of mine, he said, you know what, Jesus, he just sent out these rookie evangelists. They didn't know anything. They had, they didn't know anything. They weren't even sure what they thought about Jesus, and he sent them out to do exactly what he had been doing, which was teaching and preaching about the kingdom of God is near and healing the sick. Lo and behold, fruit was there because they were obedient, not because they had knowledge. Right. So I'm not I'm not knocking knowledge. Knowledge is wonderful. But knowledge without obedience and being teachable um, is not so good, actually. So we try to emphasize and pour into those that are willing to be obedient, fill them up with knowledge so that they will uh, not, not only personally grow, but they will develop they will share the gospel. They will go into other leaders and train other leaders to do the same thing. So, um, you know, it's a little bit of a different um, approach because at least when I grew up and what I see a lot in churches today and in the Western world in the U.S. is, you know, sometimes we get caught up in the – we're learning a lot of knowledge every week, but – Frankly, we're not as good as putting that in practice. And so, there you go. Uh, and well, I you think know, even I think even, that's an area yeah, that even, I would love to encourage my brothers and sisters. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Well, even even Billy Graham made the comment one time. He said, "You know, we we go and we have these uh, huge revivals, and we have lots of people who come to Christ." And he said, "But yet." we go back later and find out that uh, they haven't done anything. They've come down, they've made a profession of faith, but most of them don't even go out and put any of it into practice. Yeah, yeah. And so, um, 
you know, and I, and, I, and and brothers and sisters listening out there, don't don't hear me as being critical, but just honest, because I'm I'm one of you. I'm an us I'm an us person, not a me you person. Okay. Um, there you go. And so I want to encourage us as the church, uh, because a hurting world needs each one of us to share uh, our faith, even if it's simply over coffee, even simply as a walking down the road. It, 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 God doesn't need a special occasion to share his love, okay? And neither no. do you. So, um, well, anyway, we just have to remember it's, it, it's like I share with people that part of my prayer in the morning is we, you know, at, after I give God praise for another day to be on the top side of the grass and to be in ministry with him and for him is that uh, I ask him to help me to be positive and then to be open, willing, and obedient to be used by him. And then I look forward to any and all divine appointments and divine encounters that he would have bring my way. And I think that, especially for a lot of Christians, we've, you know, uh, if you want to be used by God, then you're going to have to, you're going to have to open up your mouth and ask the Lord, just, Lord, you know, who was it? Smith Wigglesworth once said, he said, Lord, what would you have me to do? And so we've got to be ready and prepared to be able to do that, uh, so that so that the Lord can use us and that's that's really important. Yeah, it really is. It really is. And uh, you know, we struggle and I think this is a human struggle. We struggle with uh taking ourselves off the throne of our lives and putting Jesus there. There you go. Okay, and so uh once we uh, uh, realize that uh, if we're on, if we're driving the bus, we're going to put it in the ditch. It's just a matter of how and when. <laughs> and um, uh, I think everybody that's lived long enough will relate to that. Um, it ain't going to work very well. And you can try to get your bus out of the ditch, but you're going to put it in again. And until, uh, until you let Jesus uh, have control of your life, it's, it's it's not going to work the way you want, and so uh, it's a it's a very freeing for me. My experience was once I once I did that and said okay, um, you know, this old country song, Jesus takes the wheel. So we'll uh, we'll go with that. But basically, once I said okay, Lord, I have put it in the ditch. I have messed it up, and now I'm I'm giving it to you. You're you're, and so it's been it's it's been a wonderful wonderful journey, and and God. You could not put uh, your life and the control of your life in better hands than Jesus. You just couldn't do it. Uh, Amen you've got to a that. plan that's just so amazing beyond anything you know or experience, but you have to give. Jesus is not going to rush, bombard into your life. He's not going to break the door down to your life and say, I'm taking control. You've messed this <laughs> up. I'm taking control. <laughs> he ain't gonna do that, okay? And and sometimes I think we say, God, God, you see all this? I know you know all this. Help me out. And he's going, I have helped you out. You just got to get off the throne. <laughs> there you go. He's, there you go. So, um, you know, when you finally give up, he he'll be there. He, I promise you, hundred percent, he'll be there when you're ready for him. So anyway, we 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 get back to. Uh, just 
looking, help, helping them realize who they are in Christ, um, that God does have a plan. And in, this, in the midst of all their uh, worldly circumstances uh, that are difficult, um, uh, God is God. He doesn't change. He, you know, Malachi 3, 6, I, the Lord, do not change. And then Jesus says, I'm the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And uh, so we, we go over there and love on these people and then try to help them out. They have a lot of needs. I mean, we're just struggling right now uh, to get them enough Bibles. We're growing so quick, but they don't have enough Bibles. And wow. so they speak four different languages, okay? Um, mostly it's Swahili. So we get Bible because that's the only the only uh, language we can get them in, and uh, but we're growing so quick we can't get enough. Well, we need money for more money for Bible, so that's a that's a a prayer need. Well, as let, well. let me ask you this: I I know that we still have some other things that uh, that you wanted to talk about, but while we're right here on this subject, uh, how would people? Uh, get resources to you to help you get the Bibles to the people in Uganda. Well, thank you. Thank you for that. So um, uh, the Rock Ministry, first of all, is a 501c registered organization. Um, and so want people to know that. But uh, our website is uh, www.therockministries, okay, and uh, – the uh, Rock and Ministries is r i e s dot org, okay. And when you get on that website, you'll see more of what I've been sharing uh, on this reaching out radio. And there's a donate button there that you can donate, and you can uh, specify Bibles. Um, and uh, any donation would be such a huge blessing. And for them to have the Word of God, let me. I'll tell you what's going on right now um, in the Bible area. We, we have so few Bibles that when we give a Bible, it's for the whole group, okay? There may be 20 in this house group, and they pass it around daily so that everybody has a chance to read the Bible. Wow. We don't have enough. And then some groups, some groups, because we're just growing so quickly um, that some groups don't have a Bible right now. I'm getting ready to take 75 new Bibles when I go with me, but we need many hundreds more because we just don't have enough. And uh, a Bible there is, is between 8 and $10 U.S. because there's no printing press in Uganda. Everything comes from Kenya. So they're actually very expensive not necessarily from our standards, but from their standards, it's very expensive and difficult for them to get. So the best way to get Bibles over there to them is to go to your website and then just donate uh, to uh, send Bibles over there to Uganda. Yes, yes. And what we do is we work with the, uh, the Bible Society of Uganda, and we have connections there that when they, they get a shipment from Kenya, that uh, we put our mark on them, and they, they put them aside for us, and we buy them by the, oh, great. By the case. So, um, yeah, that's just, a, you know, the word of God, you, you cannot bless anybody more uh, 
um, than giving them the word of God. Um, so, uh, yeah, that's a, that is a need. That is a big need that we're going over there. We also have some, um, we're taking over some uh, audio Bibles, okay, because literacy is a problem. And so we're taking over 25 audio Bibles so that, you know, it says faith comes by hearing. And yes. so we're using these for multiple, multiple things so that um, those that can't read as well, they can at least hear the word of God in their mother tongue in their native language. And that's a huge, huge thing for them to hear it in the language uh, that they know and have in their heart. And so we're taking 25 of those and uh, starting to train people over there. Um, So they're going to use it not only in their groups, but really these are more evangelism tools where we train people to take them – as an example, you have in Chaka Camp, praise the Lord, they have very clean water. So they have water wells that have been drilled, and so people can get clean water. But with 125,000, the lines are long. So when you go, you will see women with multiple big white jugs that are probably 10 gallons each, and they're waiting in line to get water in the morning. And uh, Wow. They, they wait for two to three hours to get clean water, okay, which they use not for bathing. They're just using it primarily for cooking and drinking. Yes. Um, so, you know, that's a great opportunity to take one of these recorders because you've got people from all over the area, people far from God, and, and have never heard the word of God in their name, and, and just sit there while they're waiting and play the word of God right there. And, you know, but there's power in the word of God, power in yes. the message. And so uh, we're going to be training them in uh, how to do that and uh, taking it to new villages when we go share the gospel in new villages. You know, we go meet a man of peace in a new village and take one of these recorders and uh, just ask him to play it whenever, wherever people gather in the evening or the morning, just sit there and play it. And then, oh, uh, how cool! So uh, it's it's evangelism tool to spread the gospel. So we're uh, we're going to need more of those. And so those those are some of the some of the basic things. But we also, um, you know, we're constantly we've got uh, we've got a many new leaders that we're training. We have three day training um, that the, we have leaders that have been trained up. So now they're doing the training, which is great. Um, so we, we're ha- constantly having uh, trainings for people to equip them because it's inspiring them and not equipping them is not loving them the way we should. We can inspire them, but if we don't equip them with simple tools to share the gospel, and um, I mean, we have needs of chalkboards. I mean, we've, had, we've bought 30 chalkboards so far, and they they, <laughs> they don't they draw in the dirt right now with sticks, and so Isn't we're trying something? to get them chalkboards. Yeah, and, and and it's beautiful. The message isn't different, right? Right. And the message, whether it's in the dirt or on the chalkboard, is different. But uh, if you want to share with a group of people, um, the chalkboard's working out really, really much better. So uh, there's really just these basic needs and the hunger, the hunger for uh, 
learning the gospel and sharing with the neighbors. So I'm really encouraged about uh, the spirit of the people, the desire of the people, because, uh, you know, they're not doing it for anything material um, because, uh, you know, this is all volunteer-led. There's no staff. There's no building. There's no nothing. It's just uh, it's just kind of what we see in Acts as far as meeting in churches, loving each other, encouraging each other, and, um you know, working through problems and all the things that uh, it, we just have when we have groups of people together, but it's just awesome to see. And so, uh, oh, cool. Anyway, I'm really excited about going back again. I'll bet. I'll bet. And, and it's only for two weeks. I know. I know. But uh, so, what is that like? A, a two days of travel to get over there and get settled, and two days to come back, or how's that work? Yeah, yeah, no, good. So from Houston, we're really blessed to be flying from Houston because uh, last time I went, I went from Houston. You can go different ways. Uh, I went from Houston to um, Istanbul and then Istanbul down to uh, Uganda outside. It's in Tebi Airport, which is just south of Kampala, the uh, capital of Uganda. So okay. um, this time I'm going, it depends whatever flight, I'm, I'm going to go actually from Houston to Amsterdam. And then that's a six or seven hour flight and a couple hours layover. And then uh, I take a flight down there. Uh, that's probably going to be about nine hours from Amsterdam. And we take a little, take an hour stop at Kilimanjaro, base of Mount Kilimanjaro. And then we go on to Entebbe Airport in Uganda. So it's, uh, it takes, you know, with time zones and everything, it takes, yeah, with time zones layovers, it usually takes anywhere from 25 to 30 hours. The time oh, my gosh. time you get there. Yeah, it takes a good while. So, uh, um, it's, yeah, so you got to travel on both ends. So, uh, we, you know, we're going to be uh, we're gonna be training during the day. We're going to have service during the evening. And uh, one, of the, one of the themes uh, of this trip is, is talking about, uh, the kingdom of God. Um, and, and why we're doing that is because, um, you know, when we look in the Bible and we kind of look in what Jesus did, he really, he did a lot, but it, he really did two main things. Um, we see him teaching and preaching about the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven, which is the right. same thing. Okay. When you see those things in the Bible, don't think they're different. Okay, kingdom of God and kingdom of heaven are referred to the same thing. And then he healed the sick. And um, and he said in Matthew, that's I mean, I think let me see what it is. I think I have it somewhere. What did it? What did he do? He in Matthew. Oh, there it was Matthew four twenty three. It says Jesus went about all of Galilee, teaching in the synagogue, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all kinds of sicknesses and all kinds of diseases among the people. That's right. <laughs> and you can, you can see that in multiple passages. And so if Jesus taught about the kingdom of God and Jesus preached the kingdom of God and then he told his disciples, I want you to do exactly the same thing. Don't do something yes. different. Do exactly the same thing. I'm sending you out to do exactly the same thing. So he's doing the same thing with us, 
And so we need to know, we need to know about this kingdom of God. So anyway, I'm going to be sharing some teachings on the kingdom of God and and what that is. And um, so I'm excited. I've never taught on that before. And so uh, I always see myself, uh, no matter how old I am, as I'm an avid learner and I can learn every day I'm here. So there you I'm go. learning, and I'm going to share what I'm learning, and uh, I will continue the learning as uh, people share with me. And I think that's how we sharpen each other. So the Bible says, as iron sharpens iron. And so uh, we do that for each other, to equip each other to higher, higher places. So I'm excited about that. That is just awesome. That is just awesome. Well, you know, we're going to be praying for you. Uh, just before you go, we'll be praying for you while you're gone, and uh, we'll be praying for the people there that uh, many will hear the Word of God, and that there will be uh, there will be some there that will have changed hearts and changed lives, and uh, that they'll become disciples and mentored, and uh, then they'll be trained to go out and do the same with others, you know, just as Jesus told us to do. You know, when somebody said, "Well, what are you doing?" and he said, "Well, I, I'm, I'm doing the works of of the Father, and whatever my Father mm-hmm. does, I do," and and you know that's really important. Hey, I got to uh, thinking a little bit too that uh, we we'd had a brief conversation. Uh, I guess it was earlier today or something that you had shared that uh, there was something else that you might want to kind of talk about that might be a little bit different. Uh, from the trip to Uganda, so I didn't know if that was something that you still wanted to take a, a look at sharing this evening. Well, sure. I mean, I, 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 I mean, if you can't tell from my voice, I, I love sharing these things, and 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 uh, so, yeah. And it doesn't. It's not. It's 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 for Uganda. It's about Uganda, but it's about all of us at the same time. And so, um, so one of the most known passages in the New Testament is John 3.16. And uh, so most most of you probably know it, but it goes, for God so loved the world. <laughs> Excuse me. For God so loved the world. Excuse me, Brian. In John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, whoever believes in him shall not perish. Well, isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? We don't have to perish, right? We don't have to perish. We're, Jesus took our sins, and that is, praise the Lord, incredible, okay? Because now we can go be have relationship with him. Okay? Right. Before, we were not in this family, but when we be, repent and believe in him, we do not perish. Okay. That's correct. But there's more to John three sixteen. There's but you shall not perish, but have eternal life. Hmm. We have eternal life. If we believe in Jesus, we have eternal life. So, there you go. so Brian, let me ask you a question. So just if we were to poll the audience out there, I wish we could do that. Poll the audience. <laughs> give them, give them. Okay, I want you to pick A, B, C, or D. Which one do you think it is? 
And uh, they, what would you think A, B, or C, if we ask people, what do you think eternal life is? What kind of answers, brainstorm with me a minute, what kind of answers would we get back? Well, some of the answers that you might get back eternal life is just, uh, for some, they may just think a longer life here on earth. Yeah, yeah, that would be one answer. And, uh, you know, another one might be, you know, for eternal life, you know, they, they may think, well, eternal life is, well, maybe it's an extra hundred years. And yep. uh, and then some people, they they don't even really know about the other side. And so they may say, oh, well, you know, if I die, I get to go to the other side, and, and uh, it's Groundhog Day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're going to get all kind of answers, aren't you, of what oh, yeah. life is. You're going to say, and, and, and one of them is going to be, yeah, eternal life is when I get to heaven and I never die and I get to be with God. Get to be with Jesus. There you go. Okay? And and that is true. And that is worthy of praise and glory that we are going to, if we believe uh, in Jesus Christ, then we are going to get to go to heaven, and we are going to go get to him, praise the Lord. Right. But is that eternal life? That's the question. Is it eternal life? And... When I when I look in the scriptures, Jesus tells us exactly what eternal life is, and it's not any of those. <laughs> it's not a place. It's not a time frame. So in John seventeen three, Jesus shares with us that eternal life is this: it's to know the one and only true God. And Jesus Christ, the one who sent. That's right. Hmm. Well, so it's it's not necessarily about heaven, although heaven's real and will be there, but it's not about that place. It's about knowing the one and only true God in Jesus. So now we have to dig a little deeper. What What does Jesus mean by the word Know or knowing, right? So, yes. So I'm going to, so this is knowing what that word know means, okay, is very important because that's the key to understanding what Jesus is describing as eternal life. Right. Um, so the word know has to, has everything to do with the word relationship, okay? It has, it's all about a relationship, okay? And so, as we know, as living in this world, we have different levels of relationship with somebody, okay? We have casual levels, we know somebody, we have deeper levels, and then we have maybe our marriage or a close, close friend, we have intimate, deep relationships, okay? And so um, those are different kinds. So as an example, uh, Brian, I'm going to use you as a little guinea pig here, okay? Oh, um, good. I, I, I felt so alone <laughs> today. I'm glad. Do I get a little cage to go with this example or? 
if it makes you feel better, sure, absolutely, whatever, whatever works for you, Brian. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> all right, so, so go ahead. Okay. So go ahead. Let's let's try an illustration that might help us understand this word "no" and what Jesus is talking about. So, uh, Brian, tell me about the first time you met Leah kind of your first time to meet her when you saw her in your first, uh, you know, couple weeks, you said, wow, okay, you knew her at that point. Tell us a little about that. Well, mine was a little bit different. I'd, I'd gotten saved and was already kind of dating somebody else. And so the kind of the first time I saw Leah, I, I, I saw her at a singles volleyball event. And uh, I saw her over there, you know, on the other side of the net playing. And I turned to this guy, John, and I said, uh, who's that girl over there? And John said, oh, that's Leah McQuinnon. And I said, wow, just my height. And then he goes, well, do you think you'd like to meet her and see what happens? And I said, nah, it would never happen. <laughs> <laughs> And so so later, I, I saw her at church, and we would just kind of wave and stuff, and a couple times we'd stop and talk. And uh, the funniest thing was, she started leaving notes on my car. True story. And uh, finally, one of the notes was, well, I asked the Lord for a friend, and uh, the Lord had blessed me and said that you were to be my new friend. And, of course, I'm thinking, like, yeah, right, I know what this is. <laughs> and then I get another <laughs> note that just says, well, I know that you're already dating somebody, and I'm not trying to interfere, and uh, I'm not in competition with her. And when I saw that word competition, I immediately knew something that was amiss. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so, so you knew Leah during that early stage. Uh, you had seen her across the volleyball net. You knew her name. You were certainly yeah. uh, attracted to her at that point, but you really didn't know Leah. You knew um, you knew who she was, and she knew who you were. So it was a, a pretty shallow level of knowing each other at that point, as most introductions are. Right. That's it. So okay, now take us. To uh, you know, take us to the point now where you and Leah have grown in your relationship. You've spent time together. Um, you've learned about each other, and now it's okay. Now it's time for us to take it to the next level and get married. That would be correct. So, am I supposed so to tell you what happened? No, just, just, just. Um, but man, now you don't have to tell us all of what happened, but uh, you can kind of talk about your relationship developed from that original knowing and just seeing her across the bottom of that. So you spend time. Well, with that her knowing that. turned out that uh, we found out that uh, we both like playing some card games, and uh, we kind of like playing a, a board game. In fact, our relationship almost ended because uh, we went to play Monopoly, and she said that she was a 
Cracker Jack at playing Monopoly, and it was one of those games where um, every dice that I threw, I hit everything. I was like the golden boy. And it got to the point to where when she had to land on a property that I had and she had to she had to pay rent, she started throwing the money at me. <laughs> yeah, that probably wasn't good. Probably no. wasn't good. But... And, I, and I couldn't wait for the game to end, and I told, I told my friend John later, and I said, you know, I said, this potential relationship almost ended over a Monopoly game. I said, if this is the way, if this is the way she is now on a game, I said, my God, she's going to be terrible. But we ended up doing a couple of more things, and then the next thing that I knew is just the Lord just tapped my heart and just said, this is the one. And so I, I looked at her one night and I just said, you know, I've fallen in love with you. And I said, would you marry me? And she just looked at me and she just said, yes, sir. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, 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 yeah, I mean, that's, that's the developing of a relationship. You work through challenges of monopoly games and disagreements and things that don't go uh, exactly right and misunderstandings, but you still love each other and decide, hey, I'm going to take the commitment to the marriage level, and now you're starting to live life together, okay? Yes. And uh, so that's a whole different level of no back on the volleyball field, right? It's a different level. Oh, yeah. You're now married, okay? But now, but now there's being married. You're living physically together, okay? You're in that's partnership. Right. You're having to work at a whole different level now. And, uh, you know, you, uh, you and Leah were so blessed to have a child. And so now you're living life together. You're, you, you, you know, obviously, um, um, you know, you're partners in every way. And you're living an intimate, close relationship in marriage the way God intended it to be. And yes. uh, so while I am kind of going through this is try to try, and I'll, we'll see how this works, but I think many people can relate to, you know, there's three levels of no in this example that Brian so uh, uh, so generously uh, just worked along with me there. But this, there's there's the introduction of, uh, when him and Leah meet, there's a shallow introduction, of, you know, he knew Leah when he first met her. Then there's knowing her, Okay, we're, we're committed now together being married. But then there's the, wow, I am now married to Leah. Uh, we're living to each other. We're, we're one in spirit. Uh, we have, uh, the Lord has allowed us to produce a beautiful child. And uh, that's a whole different level of intimacy than knowing when you first get married, right? Oh, Yeah. Okay, so. You know, and then and then you learn that uh, real interesting fact that it, when the when the wife tells you that uh, uh, what's hers is hers and what's yours is hers. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of knowing there. <laughs> <laughs> knowing wisdom is what it is. Yeah, it is. So, so so you know, for everybody in the audience. Um, those three levels of no, we just went in the illustration. Which one right. do you think fits with how 
God wants us to know him. Does he want us to know him from a distance? Yeah, I know, I know about God. He's over there. Um, I've heard him on the radio, but he's over there, and I'm over here, so I know him from a distance, but I don't want to get any closer. That's one level of no. Then there's the, well, yeah, I know about Jesus. Uh, I may go to church. Um, my, my, my mom and dad, you know, they were very faithful uh, churchgoers. Um, uh, I, I have a church right around the corner from actually two of them. Um, um, and so, so I know a little bit about it. I, I, yeah, I know some of the scriptures and they go, you know, and so, um, yeah, I, I know about that. I know about God and I know about Jesus and, uh, uh, I'm a little closer. And then there's the, you know, I've given my life to Jesus. Okay. I want to live life with Jesus. I want to know him. And uh, I want to know Jesus. And so the last one, okay, is what Jesus means by know. Okay, he wants to live intimately involved in deep relationship and and in partnership with us here. Right. That's what Jesus says by eternal life. I want you to know me. And I want you to know Jesus, the one I sent. Now, that's not two people. That's one person because they're exactly alike. Okay? You want to know about God? Jesus is the image of God. That's right. So study about Jesus and you'll learn about God. And he never changes. That's the beautiful thing. This world's going to change. Everything around is going to change. God and Jesus, they don't change. Well, you know, while you were talking, and uh, uh, I kind of multitasked here, you were talking about to know, and uh, in in Hebrew, to know means yada, and it's kind of interesting because, you know, it says to know, to learn to know, but one of the interesting things that they put down here, they said, to perceive and see and find out and to discern and to recognize and admit and acknowledge and to confess. You know, and that just really hit me hard because it also says to be made known or to become known or to be revealed, you know, and that's exactly what Christ wants us to do. He wants us to learn so much about him, to know about him so that he can show us what he has for a purpose and for a calling for us so that we will know what that is. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and the same word to know goes back to in Genesis in chapter 1, and it said Adam knew his wife, and they conceived the child Cain. Okay? Yes. So it's the same know, Adam and Eve, they were married. They were they were intimate physically and spiritually as one. It's the same word that God uses when He says, "Eternal life is to know Me." Okay, it's all about relationship. Okay, so we do things for the Lord as He calls us to do them out of this knowing, intimate relationship. Okay. We can't get, sometimes we think we can, we can't do things for God 
to bypass the relationship he wants us to have with him. It must That's come right. out of that relationship. So um, I just have a heart to want the people to say, this is eternal life, to know him, and it doesn't start. It does not start when we go to heaven. That's very really cool. We are, when we receive Jesus, we have eternal life here on earth right at that moment. It begins right now. Well, and that's, you know, that's, been, like, that's right. You know, and I, you know, and sometimes when I talk with people, even while I was in the insurance business, you had people just kind of like, well, they were waiting to go home. And, uh, you know, I'm just waiting around till the Lord takes me to go home. And uh, I shared with them one time, I said, well, I said, you know what the Bible stands for, don't you? And they said, what? And I said, basic instructions before leaving earth. Absolutely. And so a lot of times, you know, and it's really it's really interesting because I've, I've run across a number of people here in Columbus that, uh, you know, they're, they're in their 70s and 80s. And when I talk to them, they're like, you know, every day they are learning something new in the Bible and they keep you know, they're like a sponge. They they want to learn more, and they want to learn more, and uh, they want to know more about what yeah. lies ahead. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so, um, you know, one of the things that also reminds right in, in the book of John, right before Jesus uh, uh, marched into Jerusalem to start, uh, uh, basically before he got crucified, um, in John 17, let's see where it is. Uh, basically, it says, in 17.3, it says, this is eternal life that you know the one and only true God in Jesus. And then further down, And it's for his disciples, and it says, praise for all believers. So it's back in John 17, he says this. In John 17, 21, let me find it. Almost there. I'm going to read 20 through. I'm going to read just a couple verses. So Jesus is praying for us and all believers. All believers, and starting in John 17, 20, and Jesus says this. He says, my prayer is not for them alone, talking about the disciples. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. So Jesus has prayed for each one of us to be so intimate with him and Jesus that we are one like we see Jesus and God are. That's how intimate he wants us to be, and we'll never be totally there until we get to heaven. But right now, uh, we, we can be more and more, as we read the Bible, as we pray, as we listen to him speak to us and, and guide our lives, we are being molded to be like Jesus and to be one with him and God, and it starts now. Yes. So I just think that's way cool. <laughs> that, uh, uh, 
it's, it's, you know, sometimes it's like, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Uh, what have you done? It's, it's, uh, it just sometimes it feels so performance based um, that, um, you know, but it's about the relationship. It's about uh, loving God uh, and, and being obedient to him and knowing him as a loving, caring uh father that has taken us out of the pit of hell and made us heirs to the king of the universe and he wants to have an intimate relationship with you that should boggle our minds on a daily basis as we contemplate it (laughs) that's right so anyway that's kind of an aside but um it, it, it just goes to whether you're in Uganda or India or, or here in Texas or anywhere in the world, this applies to you. And um, so I just think that's, uh, you know, that's really, this has really been on my heart that, that if people could really understand what eternal life is, um, it's about knowing, you know, and uh, many times in Exodus, you know, God says, so that they will know that I am God. They'll know that I am yes. God. Over and over again, he wants to be known. He wants to be in relationship with you. Um, and uh, so I think, I think it's kind of a, uh, you know, I think if we could understand what this uh, eternal life really means, um, it, it, it can be a cornerstone in our faith as we walk through life. Amen to that. So, uh, Amen to that. Well, there's this, some this, of the things I'm going to share. Go ahead, Brian. No, no, go ahead. Finish. No, no, I'm good. Go ahead. <laughs> so you said that these were going to be some of the things that you're going to be sharing with the people over there in Uganda. Yeah, I'm going to be sharing these things because uh, – I'm going, to be, I'm going to be sharing these things. I'm going to be sharing about the kingdom of God. I'm going to be sharing about, um, uh, you know, the two things Jesus did. What is the kingdom of God? Um, and then, uh, you know, we are also to walk in, and we are also in, Ma- in Mark, in the Great Commission in Mark, that uh, uh, we're supposed to be healing people. Jesus yeah. healed people. And here's the funny thing. It's healing, okay, and there's, especially over here, there's a lot of different views and different denominations and countries about, you know, you know, they don't want to think about healing, they don't see healing happening as much there, and maybe it stopped, maybe it hadn't, but, uh, but the thing about healing is, um, when Jesus did it, did Jesus, did Jesus ever say to somebody um, that came to him, you know, I just don't think I can heal you. <laughs> did, did he ever say that? No. No, he didn't. Everybody that came with just a little bit of expectation, he healed. He says he healed them all. He, he didn't just. I mean, time and time again, he 
healed. He physically healed. He cast out demonic spirits. He um, he did all these things. And so he there's lots of things Jesus didn't do. Um, he didn't um, say, you know what, ma'am, you, you've got a lot of forgiveness that you really have to deal with before I'm able to heal you. Did he say that? Well, no. That's right. Well, and Jesus no. didn't reach. Yeah, Jesus didn't reach into a bowl and pull out a piece of paper and say, "Okay, here's got number seventeen. You're going to be healed." No. You know, all, uh, you know. Jesus said, "Oh, you know what? You got a lot of generational curses. Um, you got a lot of generational problems that that, that you're just going to have to." Uh, discern what they are and get rid of them because I can't really do anything with, with us in place. Did he ah, say that? Ah, ah. Well, you know, in, in no. Jeremiah seventeen fourteen, you know, Jeremiah talks and it says, Heal me, O Lord, and I will be healed. Save me and yeah. I will be saved, for you are the one that I praise. So Jesus didn't put any conditions of what we have to do, okay? Jesus healed them all. He just had a little bit of expectation coming to Jesus. He was going to heal you, okay? He was going to heal you. And so, you know, I'm convicted that this is what Jesus did on earth. We see it time and time. He healed them all. He healed them all. He healed them all. He had compassion. He healed them all. Um, It was like exclamation point, exclamation point. And then we talked about it early. I, the Lord, do not change. And Jesus is saying yesterday, today, and tomorrow. That's right. Well, how can healing not be in place the same way it was back in Jesus' time if he doesn't change and is the same yesterday, day, and tomorrow? You can't have it both ways. Right. So. Well, and, and you know, when they were in the room and Acts, you know, he told them, he said, stretch out your hands to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. And then they said, yeah. after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Absolutely. And that we're to, and we're to be and we're to boldly go out there and to be praying in His name. And we're also told to heal people because that's exactly Absolutely. what He did. But to heal them, to heal them. So here's the, here's I think is the key. Um, I, I've asked all these questions because. We we have to imitate Jesus the way he healed people, not the way we would like to see it. Yes. Okay? If we if we start to heal the way we think it should be done, or maybe we have been taught the way it's done and it doesn't match up how Jesus healed and taught, then we're not gonna be effective the way we should be. Okay. When when Jesus well, disciples, no. and and that's very true because you know he's gonna he's gonna show us what he wants us to do. 
He will. He will, but he already has. And, and you know, basically his model is imitate me. Imitate yeah. me as I imitate the Father is what Apostle Paul said. So you'll look at Apostle Paul, what he did, he imitated Jesus. So well. in the and so I think it's just important um, to really kind of contemplate um, Jesus did it this way so we could imitate him, okay? Yes. And he didn't basically say, oh, I've got an instruction manual for you later that you can implement on your own. Yeah, you'll find so, that type of feeling on page 37. Yeah, yeah, no, you didn't do and that. I, and I put in there the exact words that you're supposed to say, and I've given you the exact instructions on how to do it, and please don't screw up and add anything or take anything away from it. Yeah, so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sharing about this. I'm learning about this at the same time that uh, – uh, you know, there's power in our praise, there's power in our thanksgiving, and when the kingdom of God comes near, okay, Jesus brought the kingdom, okay? He brought the right. kingdom. And what happened What happened to demonic spirits when they came in contact with Jesus? They knew right. who he was, and they knew who had authority, right? That's right. Okay? So uh, when the kingdom comes near, Demonic spirit can't stay. Sickness can't stay. Okay? The things that the kingdom has, which are like the Garden of Eden, they cannot stay when the presence of the kingdom is there. That's right. They can't. So, so uh, I'm excited about sharing these things and, uh, you know, as well as sharing the gospel, um, we basically have to step out in faith and, uh, and allow the Lord to use us as vessels uh, to, uh, to just share blessings of healing, both spiritually, physically, mentally. Because when the kingdom comes, there's no area of your life that's not healed. There's no area. That's right. Everything. So I'm excited about sharing that and, uh, and uh, you know, letting the Lord, you know, trying to uh, – Make straight the way for the Lord and then getting out of his way, letting him do what he wants. <laughs> there you go. Well, so I'm so excited about that. That is just go ahead, awesome. Brian. Can you hear me? I can hear you. I can hear okay. you. I so appreciate uh, you having me again on, uh, on your show, Brian. And uh, it's been great. Well, listen, before we go, I want you to share again uh, the website that people can get in touch with you uh, so that they can communicate with you or donate to your ministry or donate Bibles uh, that would be going to Uganda. Yeah, um, uh, yeah, no, I appreciate that. And I'm also going to give you all a, a phone number that if you want to uh, contact me and uh, uh, ask more questions about uh for me or for the Rock Ministries or you have further follow-up questions about the situation with uh, our brothers and sisters over in the Chaka in 
refugee camp in Uganda. Uh, I'm going to give you my phone number that you can contact me. And, uh, but the website is uh, The Rock Ministries, uh, M-I-N-I-S-T-R-I-E-S dot org. And so if you get there, you'll have a donate link and uh, and be very easy to uh, give your credit card and uh, share. And, and if you have a direction, you want the money, if you want it to go to children, if you want it to go to Bibles or training or just, hey, I just want you to, I want to bless them, you, you choose. All of that's great. So you can go there. If you have questions for me, um, you can uh, text me or uh, text is probably better to start because I'll get it uh, at 713-299-8171. That's 713-299-8171. You can also send us an email through the website if you would like, and uh, that's the best way that you can uh, stay in touch with the Rock Ministries and me, and uh, so we sure appreciate, uh, you know, anything that you can partner with us to uh, advance the kingdom over there. Uh, a dollar here goes a long way over there, so no amount is too small, so don't don't let that uh, thought trick you by not donating. We appreciate everything that comes. Well, that is just great. Well, listen, uh, Father, I just want to lift up my brother and pastor, uh, Bill Crenshaw to you, Father, we pray for safety and travel for him as he goes over to Uganda and travels back. Uh, Father, we pray for open doors, for open hearts, and for changed lives while he's over there. Uh, and that, Father, that you continue to bless him and his ministry. Father, we just pray that you would bless him and his family, bless them in their coming and going and their rising up and lying down. Uh, Father, I pray that you would bless he and his ministry, bless them in their baskets and their bank accounts, uh, and that, Father, I pray that you would bless his he and his family uh, and their physical health and their mental health and their spiritual health as well, uh, and that, Father, that and, Father, we just declare right now that you would uh, give him everything that he needs. We just ask all of these things in Jesus' holy, blessed name. Amen and amen and amen. Amen, Brother Brian. Amen, Brother Brian. I so appreciate being in there. And so if you got one one minute, I, I think I just want to pray for the listeners out there for a second. If okay. Do that. We may, so, we may have somebody that was going to just say, yeah, see, she's telling us we've got so many seconds left, but that's okay because uh, whatever we don't get live tonight, the people can go back and pick up on the archives. So just pray away. Okay, Father God, we just thank you and praise you and glorify you now for all that you've already done, for all that we are through you, Father God. And I just want to lift up those in the audience that may feel like Life is beating them down like these Congolese people, and things are not going well. And we know this world is going to be uh, a difficult journey, like, uh, like being in the wilderness without water, whether you're in the Congo or here. So, Lord, I just want to speak a word of hope, a word of purpose, and a word of provision to them right now where they are in the name of Jesus that you may shed living water on them to give them hope 
not only out of their circumstances, but through their life, give them the hope in Jesus. So I just pray a blessing over them and a path forward wherever they are in a dark place in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. And Brother Bill, thank you for being on. And I know that we'll have a conversation very shortly. So God bless you and your family, and we will talk to you soon. Thank you, Pastor Brian. It's been an honor to be with you and your and your guests on the radio show. Take care. Bye-bye. Okay, we'll talk to you soon, brother. Love you. Love you too. Bye-bye.